Uh, how does Spencer usually start this off? Uh, uh, um, with words. With words. <laughs> Welcome to Soul Searching, a Through the Breach actual play talk show. Set in the world of Malifaux? I don't know, man. It's been a while. All I can tell is that my dog, Indy, is here guest starring with him and his bone. Hi, Indy. Oh, hey, and there's Kyle, too. Oh, hi, I'm here. What's oh, hey, up? Kyle. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm full of tortellini and Dr. Pepper, so. Oh, know. fuck. That sounds delicious. I mean, you know, it. it's a, a quick, easy meal, and uh, I like cheese, so there's lots of it there. Is tortellini one of Dr. Pepper's 27 flavors? It should be, if not. Dear Dr. Pepper. You can, you, when you're talking to a doctor, you start with dear, right? Yeah. Mr. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Mr. Pepper. I like it. <laughs> it works. Right? It works. I just want to be respectful to the, to the man who's worked so hard. I mean, doctor can refer to either male or female. Maybe it's a woman. Oh, shit. God, I'm so insensitive, Kyle. I'm, I'm just saying. You know, sometimes the great works that you know get taken by male names are really done by by women, and we just we just don't know about it till way way later. It could even not. It could even be someone who doesn't identify as either. This, now you fucked up. True. We all fucked up. Look, we're all learning. This it's a learning experience. That's what life is, right? That's what life is. You know what, Kyle? This is super fun. I'm glad that you're here to talk about this latest story arc that you were a guest on. Because, I mean, I know we already record once a week for another project that you'll definitely shill at the end of this. Who, what, me? No. Yeah, you, probably. I'll, I'll okay. demand it. Okay. Mm, yes. But, you know, this is just nice. It's nice having this one-on-one -on -one conversation that I get to record for. Otherwise, the world won't know that we're friends, Kyle. They don't? Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we have to put this out there, then. They should know you're my pod husband by now. And maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I really liked having you on the show. So maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the bias. I'll <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it any day of the week. <laughs> I just, okay, so as we all know, Soul Searching is kind of the shit store of whatever we really want to talk about. Um, Spencer was making a good effort to start talking about like what actually happened over the last month. So let's maybe do a quick recap over the story arc. Okay. <laughs> you, you listened, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It was at okay. the beginning of the week, though. That's a long time ago. Like, got yeah. It's it's been yeah. a while. <laughs> I edited it, and I still don't really remember too much. So here we go. All right. So this story arc, uh, welcome to the Docile Docents, was actually hey, here's your first behind the screen thing, was inspired by Welcome to the Sixties from Hairspray. Anyways, so that's where like I, my headspace was at. Uh, so if you can find a way to think of Welcome to the Docile Docents as Welcome to the Sixties, I'd sing it, but I don't sing. Um, you're off to a great start. I was going to force my players into some fucking story that I've been intending them to hear this entire time. And so we did it, guys. We did it as a team. We all experienced this together. And it's also a part of Felix's Destiny Step, which means I get a wonderful guest, like Kyle, to come in and participate. Yeah. Give us like a little reminder of, of who Barry was. So, Barry, in a word, was a loser. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Rip. Um, right off the bat, I should preface this by saying I didn't really intend Barry to be as much of a loser as he was. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of 
I'm, I make half of the character before I do stats and then fill in the rest afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he was starting out to be this, this guy who was only, he, he wasn't really combat centric. We, we, we had this discussion beforehand of what Barry needed to be. Uh, so I tried to make him more RP person, mm -hmm. um, which is why I went with the, uh, the, the, sl the, the slave driver. Uh, the overseer? Yeah, the overseer. Thank you. Um, with that, which is why I went with that pursuit. Um, and that's kind of what I knew basically before we did any of that. Um, but through the way fate, or not fate, but the way uh, the, the Malfo system works with the, the fate cards and all that, I was thinking about it and his life just got more and more pathetic as I thought, you know. You know, his parents had high hopes for him, but he wasn't too terribly bright. And even though he tried in school, he never got very far. Um, he had lots of failures back in Earth 1, 1.0. Uh, and so he tried to escape it and get to Malifaux for a fresh new start. And he was doing okay. I mean, you know, he owned a shop. He was he was a, a, a business owner. But it it wasn't exactly the most popular store in town. Didn't have a whole lot of customers, and he had all of maybe like two employees. So mm -hmm. it, it was okay, but that's about as far as he was ever going to get in life. And then he found the docents, or the docents found him. It was sort of a mutual finding, I guess. And he, he found purpose there with them. Um, he found direction and he found a place where he could actually, you know, help people, but not in as meaningful a way as he wanted. And so we, we come upon him one night uh, in the midst of one of his more sleepless nights. And he he's one of those people that, you know, gets maybe like three and a half, four hours of sleep and they're good. It's like, you know, someone else getting eight hours of sleep. Monster. Yeah. And so... He gets up and he overhears what's happening uh, with the, the higher ups. And he's like, here's my chance to actually make an impact, to do something really good and, you know, mean something to someone. And then it all goes to shit. <laughs> and how. So the Delcel docents are led by the dedicated and that is the thought, the soul and the mouth. And each of them have, God damn it, Indy. <laughs> Just jumping away. Nom, 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 nom. Each of them have their own job. So the mouth is the mouthpiece. His job is to go out, stand in a corner, on a soapbox, and talk the talk. Nathaniel is actually the, the same mouthpiece we saw way back when, when they were going to go back, they being the fated, were going back into the sewer. And you saw Delilah in the crowd. Nathaniel is speaking, so it's a it's a huge callback to that, and that's that's when that seed got planted, guys. I've been sitting on this cult since episode twenty or something. It's fine. Long time. Yes, yes, it's been a long time. And so the soul, his job is to take care of the people. He is there to feed them. He is there to be a listening ear. He is there to be your best bud. He when when someone gets recruited, he's the first face you'll see, and he's a very friendly person and he has a good way of like making people feel safe and cared for and that's why he's, he's the soul he's the soul of the organization 
of the cult. It's weird. Cults don't like it when you call them cults. Uh, yeah, it, it it's not it's not one of their top ten favorite <laughs> things to be called. And so then we have the thought who T H O T T H O T reoccurring joke. I probably deleted us giggling out the thought giggles more like you it comes up often in the show half of it was was kept like it came up a lot and her job i guess i don't really want to say too much yet besides she's the one who knows what's going down she's kind of the ringleader and she is the one driving the message and has convinced olin and nathaniel to be a part of this I know I want there to still be some mystery as to what the Docel docents are doing. I know, Kyle, when we were making Barry, I gave you the full lowdown. Like, here's what the cult is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I say it'll come up later. Let's hope it comes up later, guys. I'm, I'm trying real <laughs> hard. <laughs> I'm sure it will. It'll, it'll be fine. It's just it's it's really deep foreshadowing. Indeed. And it's supposed to make you guys like, crave and want more stuff, too. And it was meant to make... My players crave and want more stuff too, but they had other stuff on their mind. <laughs> they, and, they were distracted by shiny effervescent bitches and, you know. Fucking Delilah, man. She ruins everything. She's badass, though. She's fucking badass. I love Delilah. So, yes. So, we see Barry eavesdropping on the mouth and the soul. And Nathaniel, the mouth, is like, nope, I know for sure Delilah's the key. She's what we need. And Nolan's like, buddy, you sure? And Barry's the one to be like, yeah, okay, I'll go find her. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. goes and fucking finds her. And this is, I remember at this point in the story, too, you were acing all your flips. Like, I was expecting a botch to happen and that for you, Indy's now in my bed. <laughs> for, for you to, uh, God, I'll complete a fucking sentence eventually. It's for okay. you to, to to botch a roll and for Delilah to get away, and I had some fun stuff planned for like in, in the case of losing her, and I think it was more or less losing her and her noticing you, and you would have had a more of a one on one interaction with Delilah, and mm-hmm. she would have like basically taken arm in arm and walked you to the good doctors, and so Barry oh, would have, would okay. have been like in the room with her during that conversation huh, instead of right. eavesdropping so on the outside. Like the way the way I took that was that. Uh, like halfway through, she saw, but just kept on walking anyway, knowing that she was just kind of leading me there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's interesting to know. <laughs> um, I don't know if we kept it because I don't remember if it was kept in into the final product. But uh, I think one of the reasons it should be stated is I had uh, Barry had an ability. Um, God, I get to get out of that first person for that. Um, right. Barry had an ability uh, that kind of let him disappear into crowds um, just because he was one of those faces that you just, he just blended in really well with, with crowds. Not intentionally. That's just, you don't really notice. He's a little plain. Yeah. He's, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty nondescript. (laughs) Uh, So like the whole, the whole time and, oh, I think we should also mention how um, most of that first segment, like where Barry was trailing uh, Delilah, we did that twice. (laughs) (laughs) It was a while between sessions, and 
I really like the second one because we did a little bit more in-depth stuff, but it's fine. I won't worry about it. Uh, but the reason I was getting those high flips was because of that ability. Long story short. Yeah. I got I got a, a positive flip to all of my uh, stealthy stealth stealthness. God. I, so it, you mentioned uh, having to like do things twice. The first time we recorded the prologue, we fucked up a lot. And by we, I mean me. I I kept forgetting about their brilliance conditions. And it was like, oh shit, okay, so you went a whole day, but your whole day would have been changed instead of this brilliance condition. And it was this fun dynamic. I was like, ooh, I'm going to get them hooked on this lore-friendly drug. It's going to be a fun dynamic. And I kept fucking forgetting. So it wasn't that fun. And for whatever reason, I was super just discombobulated that day, and it was not a good game. Like, it was not it wasn't. I had some really good interactions that changed. Like, I think Jared and Moose ended up having an interaction that got canceled when we re-recorded because Jared changed, or Jared, Spencer changed his mind. And, mm -hmm. like, some, some interactions changed. But also, the ones that we got are still pretty cool. It was just such a headache of of <laughs> that first game, and like the only thing that was salvageable was the first go of you, uh, you and me, Kyle. So, so like the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> yes, I, and I knew after recording it, I, I told you guys almost immediately. It's like we have to re-record that. I'm so sorry, guys. I can't let that go out. So you guys got uh, the, the the refined version, and uh, I think I think it came out just a okay. Oh yeah, no, it it still it still came out pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I'm I think Spencer covered it in in his last uh, soul searching, but I mm -hmm. mean the the interactions that they had on their failed bounty hunt was was still very solid. So oh yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. That the original bounty hunt they actually really bombed out bad, 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 and that's I think you can tell like there's some weird. Maybe a little bit more laughter than it should be. It's fine. It's fine. It's all right. No worries. So we move on with the rest of the story, right? And you and Moose got some really good roleplay time in. I forgot that you guys literally roleplayed with each other for almost 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, we, we we talked a little bit when I was there. Try, I, I was trying to figure out how a person who just kind of mulls his way through life is suddenly um super ninjaing his way uh tracking uh, a semi-deity and uh happens upon someone's door and is eavesdropping now and he has to come up with a reason for that without giving away too much <laughs> yeah it was it, that was that was fun too <laughs> you two were such such sports about this where Again, I try real hard not to be railroady. I sometimes can't help it. But this was a case that at the time I was like, okay, here's the elements that have to go in place for the story to go on. And particularly because you were a guest and I didn't want us getting stuck in a position of, okay, now what? As we have a guest on air, right? So I told you away from Moose, like, hey, here's these beats. If you feel that it's the right time, strike them. Like this is the mm -hmm. stuff that you need to do. And I did the same thing for Moose. And you guys kind of had somewhat of the same page of, okay, you know, at some point, 
the party's going to split and you guys are going to go see the Colts. Mm-hmm. But also to do that, that means Felix has to welcome Barry into the group, which is the most non-Felix thing to fucking do. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that he kind of got to introduce Barry um, mm-hmm. to the others because then we get the the golden moments of Barry and Al. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> and then we get ghost barfing and giant meat slab man being more stoic and un un what's the word uneasy mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and then zomba bambos happen yeah so uh, going to the the owl and fuck me going back to the al and barry fun stuff i really like that scene too again something you and i discussed as we were forming berries that we knew he would be a number one fan of al and we're really trying to start to drop those seeds that al really is well known in this world mm-hmm. for these book series that kind of keep sprouting up like no one has gone to find them they no. just kind of keep coming up of like oh yeah no i'm a huge fan of you i've heard of you this is really cool but there's this moment where barry asks al to read him a passage. And Al's all about it because he can't fucking read. And dismisses it. It's like, oh yeah, no, next time. Next time I see ya. Mm-hmm. And at this time, Kyle knew this character was going to be dead. When we rolled this character, I just let him know straight up, this character's going to die. Don't make anything fucking cool. Don't do it. He has a really cool character that maybe or maybe not will be seen later. And don't be that character because this one's going to get freaking iced. And so you made a really good character to to get iced. I'll say that. <laughs> but like as soon, as soon as Al said that, my head was in my hands and I like wrote a note about it. Like, this is so sad because dramatic irony for at least two of us. Mm-hmm. And I came real close to copy pasting that sound clip to the end of the story arc, but it didn't feel too natural to do it. But it's there. In my mind theater, it's there somewhere floating after Barry meets his end. That that's like a floating concept of maybe if it was a TV show, it would fade to black and then like an overlay somewhat transparent of that scene happening and like the voice is super distant. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super, super ridiculous like that, I guess. Sad, melancholy music playing. Exactly. And and if anything, Barry is the definition of melancholy. (laughs) So, so yeah, but then we went and played with some more zombies, at which point when I was editing, I was like, God damn, Alex, do you know of any other monster types besides zombies? I do. I swear it, guys. I do. But they had to clean up a mess that they fucked up from the last time they tried to fight zombies. It's okay. I mean, it it worked because, yeah, again, they had a mess. They had to clean up. It's, it's more of, I guess it lends to... Uh, be a little more world connectedness in that if you if you want to fight but you let someone go okay they're gone forever no no they're still here this is this may be a large city but it's still just a city and they'll be back and i think something i forgot about the time too was that cicero had come back to the guild and was going to resume his death marshal stuff so in theory those should have probably been cleaned up for all those people who are keeping track of the very intricate soul story lore. Fuck. <laughs> um, won't lie, Soft soft forgot that Cicero ever existed, and he was one of my most anticipated NPCs that got very little spotlight. Uh, but, 
you know, so we had these zombies that you guys had to fight. And it was kind of a kind of cool, kind of awful fight scene because no one could hit anything until they started hitting shit. And when they started hitting stuff, it was just gore it was central. So quick. It was yeah. so quick. <laughs> well, zombies don't have a lot of hit points. I think they literally have three hit points. Mm-hmm. So as long as you guys are able to hit, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I still remember making the character choice of, well, the multiple character choices of first only ever having one bullet for that gun because yeah. why would Barry carry around more ammo? <laughs> and two, the like the turn away and like wince as he pulls the trigger. Oh, uh, so good. You brought such a life to Barry that I think at the time was actually really inspirational to my other players. Like, oh shit, yeah, no, we can roleplay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a game. It has mechanics, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's an RPG. And, you know, that R and that P is roleplay-ing. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that it? <laughs> uh, it? It's interchangeable. All right. Take my back. Did you? So it was a, it was a limited experience for you. How did you feel as a guest coming on and doing a little bit of our backward ass combat? I've been kind of looking at the like the rules and how combat works, and obviously listening to the show. So getting a little taste of how that runs. Oh God, listening to the show is not a good indicator of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> we all know this, right? But it's a good indicator for you all's sense of the rules. <laughs> you can't so, so, uh, no. I mean, it was fun. I I missed my shot, but that was I, I was willing to take that negative just for the on brandness that it was for the character, mm-hmm. and it it does sort of lend to the how how balancing, um it all works out to be because you know in a dice system you can roll a thousand times and maybe you only ever hit statistically speaking you're supposed to hit 20 um a 20th of the time you know five percent of the time Mm -hmm. but um you know you could theoretically roll it a thousand times and only hit 20 once whereas using the deck you know you're going to have that crit at least once every time you go through the deck and like the that array of resulting checks so they may be applied to different things but you know you're still like if you go through one two three four and six you still have a whole bunch of high numbers left that you know you're going to come up on soon and that is like and i can't remember if i made it into the final product or not but i i tried to delete a lot uh, i tried to delete a lot of our table talk in the sense of rules and we shouldn't be counting cards. That's actually in the rule book. Don't count the cards. But also at the same time, like I, to make you guys feel better, at least on my end of things at the time, I was like, okay, you guys have to understand. I just hit all these big cards, but that means I'm about to hit a bunch of low cards. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that's kind of how that that whole first round ended up being the way it was. Is that we as the players we weren't hitting awful cards when we flipped but they weren't necessarily all that great even with our bonuses and mm-hmm. you know you were getting all these big number cards <laughs> king as queen the, as, king. Yeah, as the defensive for these <laughs> these zombinos and 
So uh, we see in the very next round how that happens when it's flipped and they get like nothing defensively and the group just obliterates them. <laughs> Which I'm glad that once the combat did get rolling, it ended quickly. We didn't have to spend three games on combat or anything. It, it wrapped quick. And then you guys were able to continue your adventure of following Delilah's feathers, which are extra as fuck, and the good doctor picking up all the feathers to put in his hat. Like, <laughs> I really, everywhere. I, I enjoyed that Moose was having fun with this at this time and was letting Felix be a little bit more human mm -hmm. and a little I kinda, silly. <laughs> I kind of pictured him as a walking feather duster, like an upside down <laughs> feather duster at one point. And, and so you guys do this combat and the whole trail the whole purpose delilah sends felix delilah sends felix to this person in general is enoch wells and he is the butler slash the caretaker for winifred gibson and it's because felix wanted more information but delilah's not going to give him the information he wants she's just continuing to give him this information that's like it's kind of what you want when I'm ready to tell you more, I'll tell you more. But until then, enjoy these little snacks, this little this little nibble of stuff of information. Well, I think it went well in that uh, at the beginning of this arc when they're talking in his study. Um, he essentially outright says, just make this more challenging for me. I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it gets more challenging for him. And other than obviously the the breadcrumbs, but it gets more challenging for him in that he gets taken to someone who knows a little bit more, but not the whole story, and mm -hmm. definitely not what we really needed to know, but what we needed to know narratively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you guys want some lore? Here's some fucking lore. Eat it. Just smash mm -hmm. it in your mm -hmm. mouth hole. <laughs> Tasty lore. Ooh, this one's blueberry. Ooh. Oh man, I like raspberry. Well, good thing you're the one making the lore. You can make it taste however you want. The downside of forcing lore at this point, or it, I go back and forth. There's times where I feel like this might have been a story arc I was struggling as a DM where I was trying to get us back to the purpose of, like the whole story I've been for trying to tell this podcast, right? It's, it's, it's fun and dandy when we're going about in the sewers and drinking and causing chaos. But I had a story in mind when this podcast started, and I was like, but come on, guys, let's just get to the story. Let's, let's get to the – I promise you're going to have fun with the story. And it's kind of on a timeline. So let's, let's get you guys there. Otherwise, bad shit's going to happen. And I don't want you guys to feel like the story ends. Kind of how Cabin in the Woods ends, where, like, the big hand just comes out, smashes everybody, and, oh, oh they're dead. And like that's it. I, I don't want that ending for this. And so I'm trying probably too hard to get my players to engage in the story. So I lead them to Enoch Wells. This was one of the first times I've said like, oh, hey, I, I, do, I do a bad accent, so I'm not going to do it. And I haven't re-recorded myself. I, I tried. But a uh, fun fact, I've been trying really hard to work on an Irish accent. And so every time I tried to use a British accent, it would go into an Irish accent. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> the same general region of the world, I guess. I guess. Like, I'd be good, and then suddenly I was Irish. And I was like, fuck, okay. And I was, I did not plan out my editing super well, and I was already running out of time. I was like, you know what, screw it. 
Not every accent has to be re-recorded. I am pretty open about the fact that I am not comfortable with doing accents. Uh, that I, I, I always say in the show, I can't do it. So just pretend. Um, and so that just, it is. Enoch is, mm-hmm. is British. I imagine he's very posh British too. He probably spoke a lot like Felix did. And um, he told you guys the story about what the fuck's up with Winifred and Delilah and how they're the same person question mark uh winifred has been carrying around this neverborn doppelganger insider for some time recently forever he doesn't say but after the family both parents have died an angel visited them at dinner gave this prophecy and peaced out was like all right you're gonna save the world you got a kid sweet deuces bails out (laughs) well and uh if if you're following along with Felix, you can kind of get this a, a general sense of, you know, this hasn't exactly been recent, but maybe it's, it, if it was from birth, who knows? But I mean, like way back when he was uh, at the Gibson Manor and getting all those uh, impressions from those things, you have that sort of little garden sequence uh, where you get a feel for her and... I I mean I'm, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I'm assuming that was a much younger uh, version of Winifred. Yeah, she, I think I had her as like five or six at that time. Mm-hmm. She was very small. She was a small girl. She wee one. She wee lass. Wee lass. <laughs> and, and let's see. So you guys found out about the prophecy, and Enix started talking shit about the docile docents. Was trying to also start the talk of the tyrants. For those who don't know. The tyrants are these mythical monsters. When I first read about them, I thought they were like old school gods. Not quite, but kind of. They were just these really all-powerful beings that were too powerful. And the Neverborn were like, fuck this. We're done with this nonsense. And trapped them. Very Zeus and Titans. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was picturing it being. very. They were very Titans-esque very like grid of the universe but not exactly what made the universe and, and they're actually being held or at least one of them's being held at it's mentioned in the guest episode with rowan when there's a big map and there's like an area circled um i just want to call it magrathia because i am a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy fan it's not magrathia <laughs> <laughs> um shit shit what is it called Oh, okay. So, uh, Nyrathira. Uh, no, Ny- Nythera. There it is. Nythera. Okay, Nythera. So the Grave Spirit, which is one of the Titans, or not Titans, one of the Tyrants, is locked away in Nythera. Which, if you know a lot about the Malifaux lore, or if you listen to the the Breachside podcast, they go through all the lore stories and have a read out louds, which I also highly recommend. If you're liking us, guys, go see Weird Games, their own podcast they make. If you liked our Tutor Tuesdays way back in the day, that's essentially what they are, but you're going to get a lot more story. And also, fun fact, I think I've mentioned this before, our story is going at the same pace as the original Malifaux story. So, in theory, all the stuff that I'm I'm trying to craft around is like, okay, Malifaux has their own, Weird has their own lore. Now, here's the reason why I think it's happening. So here's the background for the background. Because, you know, that's what you do when you're a fan. Yeah. But... These tyrants are trapped because of the Neverborn, 
And they're bad news bears. They are not good. When they do come out and play again, it's not good. What? You mean- What? You mean that we do- Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's 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 um again as far as the lore goes, some very important characters end up becoming avatars of these tyrants, and they become mega badasses, and it, they become dark people, and it's a really cool concept. I'm trying to introduce this mix of lore that weird fans know. I know in our Discord, goes uh, <laughs> by two gremlins in a trench coat. Um, I, commented in of ooh talking about tyrants i'm like hell yeah buddy yeah we are we're getting to the good shit this is the stuff i wanted to talk about this entire time so it was maybe a wee force but also i i i think it gave at least the one of i gave felix an, an interest in it i think al and not so much bb i would never say this about bb but i think al is a little out of his depth and it doesn't pertain to him and i know for a fact it has jared doesn't give two shits He's just a very apathetic character. He is straight up murder hobo. Yeah, like he, if it doesn't affect him and his directly, he doesn't care. And I I know it's been, maybe I shouldn't spoil it. But I know Jared has a lot of mixed feelings about Malifaux. And about what it means to be in Malifaux. So that's a, that's a huge impact on his actions and, and his apathy. So, you know... I was trying to get people invested, and what I came to learn shortly after the story arc was that maybe the story arc, and maybe the story I'm trying to tell, isn't the story they want to hear, or the story they want to engage in. Which sucks, guys, because here we are, soul story, nearing 50 episodes, and we're still going strong with this (laughs) goddamn campaign I want to tell. Um, We're nearing the end, I'll say that much, of season one, and things get changed up a lot, but... Before we get to the end, we still have to get to the end of the story arc. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, I, a good point for me to ask too, as a fan who's been listening, you've been listening since day one. How yeah. did you feel about hearing some of the stuff that's like been going on in the background? This, the tyrants and Winifred and everything. Well, so th- this was divulged to me again when we were making Barry. So mm-hmm. I had, I had some. I had some things to mull over as to how grand a scale this is and if, you know, our, if this group was involved in thwarting or doing, you know, having some impact on them, that there's a lot of good shit in store. (laughs) And just, you know, hearing about a, a little bit more of what and who delilah and winifred are beyond what um the audience you you all hit my mic beyond the audience what you all have have heard it was it was actually it was really interesting so i know you alex are are feeling a a little down about how the the 'er ne'er-do-wells keep wandering off but uh i think honestly you know it's it's one of the better stories that i have the the joy of listening to in in podcast medium or you know in in anything uh to grace the ear holes um i mean i i have pretty high standards i guess i shouldn't say that i don't have high standards but, um, <laughs> but i i i have heard a lot of what you know is is really really good in in some of the the writing communities that i've kind of dipped my toe into 
and you know this this ranks up there. Uh, I, I I want you all to really kind of buckle in because I think as some of the other players and even Alex has mentioned, things get going from here, and I'm ready for it as a fan. Well, and at this point, too, I'm going to say thank you because you made me blush like a schoolgirl. But also, you have to say that because you're under contract and I am your producer. So mm. take it with a grain of salt, nerds. <laughs> I'm I'm under contract, but I don't necessarily specifically have to say that. Oh, did you not see that clause that you have to praise me at any given time when I'm seeking validation? It's it's in there. You might have missed it. Damn amendments. <laughs> so at this point, you know... This is when we decide to split the party. And Jared and Al go do their own thing, which is in part due to Spencer wasn't there for that last recording anyways. And from the get-go, we knew that this last scene was going to be just a Felix and Barry moment. Because I like giving those moments when some of the players don't know what's going on. But uh, you guys get to go see the commune. Mm-hmm. of of this church that's being built this apartment building in the slums and barry who thinks he has it all figured out there, there were other things that um i know that i had to do very specific things that i had to um have barry you know say and do especially when we got to this part um so kind of crafting some of those rp moments was a little more I don't want to say precarious, but um, it, it took a little, a little more thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when when Felix and and Barry get there, and we see, you know, the the kitchen, and you know, I know that we talked in a very short time span about what time of day it was, and we mm-hmm. went all over the place. Like we <laughs> like in time of day wise, I think we we talked about it being like eight different times of day or something probably but you know they're serving food because why not that sounds good and we see the soul serving food soul food um, <laughs> get out and end <laughs> the podcast we're done and bear goes up to the front of the line because he's got news for them great news all the other uh docents he's like haha look i'm climbing up i'm i'm climbing up the corporate ladder look at me i got good shit but i don't think he's really that self-absorbed about it i I say that entirely jokingly i i the way i had barry respond to a few things he really does believe that helping these people is for the greater good and even when enoch tries to to shoot him down uh, he's like i mean i know that they're not perfect but i believe them when they tell me that we're trying to do something you know for for the good of of malifo for the good of you know the universe at large or whatever so you know he comes into this uh situation like i think i've found the holy grail uh i think i i've got this for us so he calls the the soul over, and we have a little powwow in the back of the, the eating area. And Felix is uh, skeptical of everything going on <laughs> because who wouldn't be being dragged <laughs> into a cult? <laughs> and then we we get this sort of uh huh, uh huh, 
uh-huh, from the soul. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what to do. And Barry's like, yeah, yeah, let's go tell everyone else. Sure, let's do this. Oh, by the way, doctor, just wait over here in, you know, the library. We'll be back. Don't you worry. Don't think about it. Think about it, but don't think about it. <laughs> and then he he reads some some notes from uh from a, a a deep deep frozen wasteland person who is happy that winter is coming <laughs> um and then he gets a a flesh journal same book so the three <laughs> options were the the cult of december is a real cult that's already built into the lore and they are waiting for the tyrant december to come back which, again, for those who know the lore, for those who don't, there's a character named Rasputina, and she becomes big old avatar for December. He's kind of his main conduit, and December brings about December. When, again, call back to way earlier in the series, there's a point where I mentioned to Felix, oh, hey, um, it's weird that it's snowing in town in July. And that's a direct reference to a story that, like, the, the mm -hmm. You had weird... a, a couple just randos gossiping about it being... Uh, uh, I remember there being like snow in a what was it snow in a graveyard or something yep. like that. Mm -hmm. It's the very very first story that gets told lore side for Malifaux, and it's Seamus and Rasputina fighting. She is able to call it the spirit of winter, even though she's not really sure how or what. And kind of this this thing with December's going on that continues to build. Cold of December is notorious misogynistic, where they treat women as slaves, uh, cut out their tongues, brutal. They're also cannibals, and they're far north of Malifaux, pretty far away from Malifaux Prime. The second thing was an academic book, or an academic draft, I guess, from another character from Malifaux called Leviticus. And his whole gimmick in the tabletop game is that he can, if he dies, he can kind of transfer his soul to a waif. And he's able to get new bodies, essentially. I say this as someone who's never played Leviticus Army. I just have read the page. I've read some of his cards. Correct me all you want. I'll probably won't pay me you much mind. <laughs> yeah, that's what the comment section's for. <laughs> right, exactly. Come to our Discord. Tell me how wrong I am. Um, and I'll give you a big heart emoji. Like, I just dig, dig a gaff, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, and... So we have, have that, and when I offered it for a few different reasons, it was at the, that time, Moose and I were talking about getting a way to find Felix a body. And I thought that that would be a good avenue for the future for him to go and talk to Leviticus. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Who knows? The third book, which gets we don't get to in time, is a foreshadow into a one-shot we're going to be releasing here sometime this fall. So if he had picked that, it would have been a foreshadow to some kind of quest that's going to go down to pick up some Malifaux artifact. But uh, I'm really glad I only gave him two out of three to pick from. Mm -hmm. I think. I think it makes that pretty well. It makes this kind of stuff fun. Oh, hey, by the way, here's what the purpose of this other book was. And he picked the two that were relevant to Malifaux lore, honestly. He didn't know it, right. but he did and kind of worked out. And then cult stuff happens. and. Or just brace and buy it. Not even going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> just some stuff. Look, the wound is still fresh. <laughs> All right. 
he's escorted down into this the secret part of the church that he hasn't seen since his initiation. And there is Esther, the thought, who I really, really love. And I forgot how much I loved her until I started editing that episode. And listening to you, like you did a, again, just such a good job role-playing Barry. Him, like a, like a puppy, being like, I did good. I did good. Yes, this is good. Then having to have the soul, again, the person who's meant to be taking care of him, just kind of pretty cold and calculated, pulled the trigger without a second thought. Yeah, yeah, pretty unceremonious about it. <laughs> Which was, you know, on purpose. Uh, I, on once, again, I've already mentioned, I feel like this may not have been my strongest DMing story, but I would also say about this point was where I felt like I was really losing it. And the story was starting to slip away, and I just wasn't doing a good job going back and listening to it. I was like, oh, bitch, you did fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I guess again, you knew Barry was going to die, and you met all the, the dedicated in the scene, and you learned who was telling us last time on Soul Story. And I, I don't know, did it... Did it still have an impact even though you knew it was going to happen? Did you like think I was going to trick you and somehow Barry would survive? Like, Did you have well, any thoughts like that? So <laughs> we actually, we did also talk about uh, before the hard decision came of saying, no, he is just going to die. We did kind of touch on, well, you know, maybe he does kind of survive this. But, you know, it, one way or another, he kind of not needs to not be uh, a part of this anymore. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, I don't know, I, I think leading up to this moment, maybe like, well, no, I want to say maybe right before we started the prologue, there was still that sort of thought in my mind. And then I was like, no, I think I think he is just going to die. And that's fine. <laughs> um, it was definitely, you know, an impact. And I really wanted to kind of end end him on that what i did didn't exactly have a positive impact in the world like i thought mm -hmm. and that really really and truly was his last thought and that's why it was just oh before he crumples to the ground dead are you mad that i killed barry oh god no no it's fine <laughs> i get it it's, it's, hey guys you should try to turn to your friend and be like, hey, person I really respect, I really want you to guest in this podcast, this creation I do, but um, I'm definitely going to kill your character. See how well that goes over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, because because we talked about it and I mean, going into it, I knew. So I wasn't it wasn't like I was going to be upset about the outcome of it. I knew what was going to happen. And I I'd kind of also thought a little bit about what his reaction to dying would be to just kind of being squished like a bug uh by you know these these powerful figures because that's all he is to them even though you know he he brought them some decent information it's not like they they cared about who it was that brought it to them they mm -hmm. have it now they don't need him anymore because all he is is a liability to them so gonzo exactly did you have, uh, I, I don't want to keep talking over you or anything, but was there anything about that scene or anything else you want to share? I, I really like the thought as well. I liked all three of them. 
And I, I remember you saying when we first meet them that you said you had a great idea of what they all sounded like, but you had no idea exactly how you wanted to try to attempt that. So <laughs> listening to them all be essentially the same person <laughs> was interesting, but I, mm-hmm. I, I could follow along. It wasn't, it wasn't too terribly difficult to, um, trying to piece together. I think why, um, Nathaniel was so upset uh, or not, not me as a player, but Barry, uh, trying mm-hmm. to piece together why, you know, the mouth's upset, the the soul is, you know, now a little more distant, and why suddenly he's getting this audience with the thought, like, trying to piece together this whole weird situation and just seeing, you know, nothing really great happened out of it. It's It's kind of just one of those things, like, I guess just the condition of of humanity for some for some people the sad condition of humanity is that you know you have a goal you, you know a life goal and you know you can try your damnedest to to achieve it but sometimes someone more powerful comes along and just ends you before you can do it that is like one of my favorite story tropes and i say maybe i shouldn't say tropes I really enjoy when the heroes lose, which makes me sound like a psychopath. I understand this. It's more interesting, by far. And particularly, can someone who was so good, all Barry ever wanted to do was be good, to be better, to be noticed and cared for. And he was even starting to see some of that with the Faded, where, you know, if the zombies had attacked him, they would have jumped in to save him. I mean... He did. His, his quote-unquote idol essentially just exploded a zombie's head all over him. So, you know, a little <laughs> mixed feelings there, but it was, in in general, it landed on the positive. It would have been interesting to see how he would have changed if he was able to stay in contact with the Faded. Would he have stayed in the cult? Would he, you know, so much could have changed. And the fact that we never get to know that, to me, as someone who just craves for my depression to hit my stories. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for damn good drama. I really enjoy it. And having Barry's last thought be that, oh, and again, you reconfirming all that good he was trying to do meant nothing. Nothing. Like Felix gets out of this really no worse for where he we, we see this hive mind situation happen, which we don't have a context for besides we hear the bang, and then suddenly the docents all look at Felix, which is also one of my favorite creepy, scary things to do. And it worked because Moose was freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> Very Children of the Corn. Yeah, oh god, Children of the Corn? Hey, did you know it's like one of my top three favorite horror movies? <laughs> hey, you worked that into this? What? Weird? What? Weird. Uh, um, this was a point where I told moose too there's times when i'm talking to my cast members and they think man i really enjoy this character but maybe this other character i'm like if you want to do another character i will give you an out and i'm trying to give them outs during the destiny steps so you might see that on occasion so far two for two where moose knew if he accepted his invitation to what to go hang out with the docents down below he was going to die too like i i told him ahead of time this is going to be the outcome if you go down there the thought's going to destroy you and will make you a new character. 
And he thought about it. He thought about it hard. He has this other character that he really wanted to play, but then he made his own Malifaux game that we played off the side, me and some of his other friends. And he got kind of got that itch out of him. He didn't need to play that character anymore. So when the time came, he's like, nope, I'm going to stay with Felix. I'm like, awesome. Let's stay with Felix. I love this. And he frozoned his way out of the building. Because of course he did. Because of course he did. And he doesn't look back. I, I, I won't say he doesn't think twice. But, you know, again, here's someone who just really wanted to do good. And wanted to be accepted. And even the last people he hung out with just turned their back on him. Like, it was so good. So good. You guys did great with that. <laughs> and oddly enough, Felix decides to go visit Enoch again. Except Enoch's place has been raided. The last thing we saw from a camera perspective was that the guild came and in turn raided him. There was a point early on when I asked you guys, are you being sneaky? Are you just walking like it's daylight out? And you guys said yes. I'm like, wonderful. And at some point you guys failed a notice check. And I, again, I think it made it into the show. Like, oh, good. We love it when there's a notice check. Then the DM says, don't worry about it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, re I remember that. Yeah. At that point, a, a guild guard had found you guys and was following you guys. And Enoch is a wanted man. Hmm. You are traveling. You, Barry, were traveling with a very suspicious group. And so you guys inadvertently led the guild to Enoch. And which place took away another main NPC for the storyline that was going to kind of keep continuing on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Felix gets to his hideout and he sees the secret room, which is actually technically the secret training room for Winifred when she's there, when she's available. Mm -hmm. And you see the mechanical bird on the window wrapped around its leg is a missive of some sort. Those are the plans that he was trying to prepare because he was he kept talking about this device to help find Winifred. Those plans are on that bird. Damn it, Doctor. Catch that bird. <laughs> and we'll see where that bird goes. We'll see what happens. I remember uh, him like, please, like, I'm going to shoot it down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no! <laughs> we don't have enough time. I'm trying I, to wrap I this up. it. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so, yeah, we end the story arc with a kind of on a cliffhanger. And the next story arc is going to be named something different because at this point we're done with the docents. I'll let you, I'll spoil it now. I, we're running. There's not a moment break here between now and the finale. These lads are going. <laughs> I guess going back to talking about how like, I'm forcing the lore in this episode, I've referred to like my references for season one over and over again. My two biggest inspirations for the show were silent hill 2 and buffy the vampire slayer this like secret room in the back of the place is just like the secret training room in the back of giles bookshop this idea that there's this dual person is just like mary and maria from silent hill 2 like that's where like that inspiration came from was like you have the same person who's polar opposite and having different needs and again Hey guys, if you ever want to talk Silent Hill lore with me, please, please, please join our Discord. I am desperate. I really <laughs> love Silent Hill. I, I totally would, but I'm a huge big baby when it comes to horror games, so sorry. Oh god, the story's so good. And and so we have this this prophecy of like there's only one girl who can save the world, and she's a teenager, and she doesn't really want it. But then there's an added twist of she doesn't really have to want it, because maybe she's not the one who's really meant to save the world. Maybe it's someone else. 
The see oh. when when you said when you were talking about you know this sort of dual presence in uh, in uh, Winifred, I I even thought like the name was peculiar, uh, and we are into Buffy lore, so I thought that's you were kind of, where you were kind of going with it because like in the last at least I, the way I remember the last televised season of Angel, um, what's her name? Uh, Winifred, one of like the like the the bookish types like she gets this super powerful uh demon something almost like god uh that possesses her and kind of takes her over so that's where i thought thought it was kind of overlapping with so here's a fun fact i fucking hate angel <laughs> and you ended up taking one of their last like main apparently ideas. <laughs> um i didn't watch past season two i have no idea what happens past season two of angel so yeah fun fact um this definitely accidentally became a rip. I I oh, well. believe I was talking to my friend Eric, and I think he told me too, like, did you know? I'm like, fuck off, Eric, because he really wants me to watch Angel. I love you, Eric. You're doing great. Um, you keep <laughs> you keep weeding your garden because I know that's what you're doing. Um, and yeah, no, I just I really can't stand Angel. It's fine. I, I, I kind of put it at one of those daytime drama things that I actually had a small amount of time to watch in the mornings before I went off to school. So it was just like, eh, this is the most interesting on TV right now. So I guess I'll watch it. I love Cordelia. I love Wesley. Can't fucking stand Angel. In and out. So so yeah, just it's, it's cool to kind of start like, finally start to be able to say hey these really big inspiration points they're you guys i can finally start talking about them again we'll see what happens at this point this has been built to a the fate i need to pick a side and maybe they'll pick the docents maybe they'll try to help enoch in whatever way they can maybe they go off on their own thing who knows it's just i, I wanted there to feel like everyone had the option of like not quite knowing who the good guy was and who was really right. And maybe Delilah's was to save the day, but maybe it's Winifred and maybe the docents actually know what the fuck they're talking about. Like I wanted the players to feel confused, but also like the world is going to end or there's something bad that will happen if they don't pick a side. Mm -hmm. And and just in case, you know, you're an audience member and you're thinking but if they side with the docents, aren't they siding with bad guys? Let's just remember, pretty much everyone in Malfo is an asshole. So <laughs> Fair. And, and at this point, the only person who knows that the docents are bad guys are Felix. And as we all know, Felix will keep secrets forever. This was, again, I, I thrice, I'll say that thrice. I struggled with this, but hearing you play back, I was glad that you joined us. I mean, I was glad that you joined us even when I was not feeling super confident in the story. I, I really felt like you helped push it along and it felt natural when you were a part of it. And I just, I really enjoyed you being there. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us for these few stories, even though it was a bit scripted. I hope you had fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad. I, I definitely enjoyed being, uh, being here, uh, you know, at the virtual table and being able to game with you all. Like it was it was one of those like dream come true kind of things where oh. I was like, you know, it'd be really awesome if I got to sit down with a table at a table with these people and and play this game with them. And that was something I was thinking really early on about. And then it, hey, guess what? It happened. <laughs> that helps when you know the producer. Yeah, have, have we talked about how we're friends? <laughs> oh, yikes! Let's not use that word. Oof! All right. Oof! Well, oof! 
pot husband. That's all you are to me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just use you for your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I feel used. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely had a blast, even as the um, the apathetic Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Not apathetic, just plain pathetic. Was there anything you wish you got more out of? Um, I so like with with the way that we drew Barry and the flips and all that, he ended up getting a lot of skills and like the way that it works when you're doing character creation you either get a lot of like points to be generally badass or you get like these specific skills that allow you to like cheat fate on a little bit and while with some of the the main players you know it's it's it looks pretty pretty clear at least without having to see their their sheet that they got a lot of like the the number focused ones Barry got, you know, a lot of the negatives and stuff. And so his point spread on being able to do basic things wasn't great. Um, he was pretty low intelligence, but I could put a skill into, uh, what was it, um, arithmetics or something like that and mm-hmm. allow him to be, you know, the owner of a business because, you know, the one thing that he did okay in school at was math. So. You know, that's how I was able to kind of build that into his his backstory. But I didn't really get to explore a whole lot of that uh, because, you know, he got all of these skills and I kind of thought of a different way he was able to develop them over, you know, his lifetime. And we just never really touched on it. And that's not, mm-hmm. not a bad thing. It just, there was more to him and we just shrugged. He got yeah. cut from from the, his mortal coil too too soon. And it was a learning experience, too, as I'm starting to gear up for more guests to come on the show. Of Like, okay, you can have all the skills in the world, but in a way, it's almost overwhelming. Be like, look at all the stuff I can do. But I know, I, I as a DM know, that you won't use 99% of them. That's kind of where that navigation one came from. I was just like, fuck it. I haven't cheated uh, on a skill yet, and I have this... Uh, what did I have? I think I had a queen in my yeah. cheat hand, and I didn't think we, like we had already passed the combat. There was it was pretty much yeah. straight role play from there. So I was like, "Fuck it, okay. why not navigate around the trash?" Well, again, it's it's fun. It's goofy. It was silly. We all had a good laugh about it. it was no thing at all. It was fun. That's what it was. Would you come back? You really need to ask. Of course. Course well, I too bad. You smell. No boys allowed. Damn. My stench gets through the audio medium. I'm telling you, buddy. Go take a shower. I'm sorry to all you out there, and I'm sorry to you fog listeners. If you can smell that, it's it's not the the smell of uh, of Elysium. It's <laughs> it's just me, apparently. I'm sorry. Just you. Hey, tell me about Fog. Oh, yeah, that other show that's part of the mm-hmm. No Show Radio production group. Yeah, so I, I run that. I do that. That's a thing. It's a show. It's uh, it's kind of a dual show in that, like, you know, this show that you have going on here, uh, there's an actual play portion to it. Um, however, there is also a secondary supplementary audio drama that kind of fills in some of the gaps. Uh, some of the things that the characters see or that they interact with, we get to see a lot more of their motivations in the audio drama. And... 
there's actually uh, a couple people that you may be familiar with, uh, other than Alex, that are a part of that show. So on my audio drama, I have Ben, I have BB, and you know, however you know him. And uh, if you're familiar with the, the previous guest episode with Brandy, I've also got her. And uh, they, uh, they are my fabulous Ian and B. And they're, they're trying to deal with uh, a lot of things. But so are our actual play people, who is you as Giselle. And um, not you, the audience, me. He's talking about me. Sorry, Don't get sorry, confused, yes. guys. Of no, course. no, like suddenly <laughs> now the audience is Giselle. We can't have that. <laughs> she won't stand for Giselle. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know they they have a lot. It's there. It's it's a noir, so there's a lot of darkness that is is entwined into this setting. And I mean, you see quite a lot of it right out of the gate. Um, you see death. You see monstrosities, and not necessarily of an how should I call it. Of a fantastic nature, sometimes they're just human monstrosities uh, that are just plagues on the the world. You know, you you get to see these people who are thrown into this very otherworldly realm, and they have to deal with everything that's going on, just pretty much right in the middle of all of this shit going down. But if you want to listen to it, uh, we do get you know some of our uh, plugs from the. Uh, NSR podcasts at or at NSR podcasts uh, on Twitter. So, you know, you can find us through there. We are on the Discord and I'm sure there will be show notes for for that in in this. So, there you go, Alex, future Alex. Um, Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, uh you can you can find it at the Facades of Gods on iTunes and pretty much pretty much everywhere. I haven't seen a place that it's not that it, it's not listed. Uh, so pretty much anywhere you have your podcatcher, that that's where you're going to get it. And if we are missing on any of your podcatchers, gosh, at this point, not sure how you're listening to this, but hey, <laughs> if you're missing from our podcatchers, just let us know. We'll do our best to get on them. And I guess so. Let's see. We shilled Fog. Mm-hmm. We shilled the Discord several times. Oh yeah. Uh, also, hey, you guys should give us some money. <laughs> We uh we have a Patreon uh, at Soul Story Pod on Patreon, and we're a little behind on on putting some stuff out there. Again, our producer, God, she's so lazy. Come on, producer, get with it. I know, right? I had a pretty busy summer, so I'm a little behind on getting some goodies out there for you. I know we have some extra first, like whole content, which is amazing. Our editor John does a really good job on first, which is a show about me and Spencer talking shit about TV shows that we force each other to watch. And uh, he does a really good job of editing down usually about two hours worth of content to about an hour. So there's a whole bunch of rants and stuff that you're missing that you can find on our Patreon. There's side stories of between Al and like some excerpts from his dime novels. There's some journal entries from Jared. I know I'm working on some side projects too for, for writing purposes. In theory, session zero will eventually hit the airwaves. I found out that I'm missing audio from one of our players, and I'm trying to find a way to make that work again. But there is at least part one of session zero up there. And really, if you guys pay $1 a month, then you get access to bonus audio, which includes like extended bloopers, because uh, there's some stuff that I just refuse to put on the airwaves because it's too dark. 
and you get a thank you at the beginning. We're not the beginning. You get a thank you at our mid-roll because I am super thankful for your money and all that money so far has been going towards paying off our players' mics. We paid off Spencer's mic. Our next goal is to get BB's mic paid off by Christmas. So if you haven't thought about it, please do. Uh, and if you can't, I totally understand. I too am poor. And instead, tell uh, everyone about No Show Radio. Tell everyone about Soul Story Pod. Tell everyone about Fog. Tell everyone about First, because we work hard in these shows and we know you love them because you're still listening. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm tapped. <laughs> you, you, that's it? You don't have any more? I think that's about as much of a used car salesman as I can get. <laughs> Look, it was a good pitch. Uh, I. I am already a uh, a donor, but you know that convinced me. I I need to go back and just increase whatever my donation is. I don't remember. Don't what you it dare! Is, sure it I I will cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, go donate so Kyle doesn't have to. <laughs> or or donate, and then I'll I'll increase it anyway, just because. I'm gonna cry. Oh my god! All right. Do you have any last thoughts, wishes, concerns? Anything you want to tell the world, this is your platform. Just, oh. You dick. Crumble. <laughs> <laughs>